Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. This is a podcast where we throw back our favorite wine and cocktails while recapping the most loved and hated reality show, The Bachelor. But FYI, we don't hold back, which means we are talking spoilers, news, and gossip, insider info, astrology, and more. You have been warned. I'm Sam. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it back. Hello, everyone. We have your first bonus episode of the off season of Throw It Batch. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We have a very special treat for you. We wanted to bring you guys something fun and exciting. And if you follow us, you probably follow Justin Takes the Batch. So his name is Justin Cole Adams. He's a fucking awesome person. He has really taken the Bachelor world by storm during this pandemic. You have your own podcast, an Instagram account that is completely blown up. You've interviewed some of the most epic people in the Bachelor franchise during this time. So welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. So give us a little bit of a recap of your Bachelor journey. When did you start? When did you start your podcast? How did this all happen for you? Yeah, so I actually, the first episode I ever watched was Rachel Lindsay's season finale. So as like a point of entry I was like so upset that Peter was leaving I was being fed all of these bachelor in paradise commercials and I was just like okay like I clearly have to watch all these men on the beach and that is exactly what I did and then then it was also a weird year because they did winter games that year and I was so new to the franchise and I just decided to watch it and so like I'm watching like Ben Higgins and Ashley I and like Claire and just having no idea who any of these people are. Um, and now it's of course like they're, you know, the <laughs> the top of the food chain, uh, food chain. And then, yeah, and then my first season was Ari's, uh, my first like real whole season was Ari's and it just, uh, yeah, just went along from there. And I've just caught up on a ton of things during this pandemic world because, there are 50 streaming sites um, and all of them have at least one season of one of the versions of the franchise. So I've just been, uh, yeah, catching up and it's been so much fun. First of all, what websites have you, cause I, they're hard to find. I mean, and what seasons did you catch up on? Were they the ones you saw in winter games? Like, and also did you understand what was going on in winter games if you didn't know them? <laughs> no, I was so confused. I thought it was really <laughs> cool because like, I I love any sort of like team up moment. So like whether it's like an Avengers or like a crossover episode. <laughs> so I was like really just like this is so cool that people from like Japan and Australia Bachelor are also here. So I just kind of jumped in and had fun with it. Although it was such a weird premise because obviously at the end Claire and uh, Benoit got engaged. <laughs> That was so bizarre to me, but like, you know, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, just, uh, I mean, Hulu has a couple different seasons. Um, uh, HBO Max, when that came out, mm. uh, they have a lot. They actually probably have the most. So, because they have all the Bachelor pads, which highly recommend Bachelor pad if you haven't watched, because it's a kind of more of like an MTV shit show, but it's really quite enjoyable. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, like, I think I think they have... A couple different ones have like been in JoJo and I'm watching Ali Fedakowski on Netflix right now. Oh, that is um, one of my favorite seasons ever. It is I need to watch so, it. you have oh, to, it's so it's, good. It's so cringe, but it's so good. <laughs> so you got started with a finale episode, like Rachel Lindsay's finale brought you in. Caitlin Bristow's finale brought me into the franchise. Isn't that so funny? I like, I, I saw Ben Higgins that. on it and I was like, okay, I need to like keep watching to see what this gorgeous man, I was like, I knew nothing. And I was just like, oh my God, he's so attractive and so nice. So that's really funny that we both like started with a finale. Well, and it is, it is, I feel like it's probably more common than we thought, just like with how ratings go and like yeah. the ratings always spike on the finale, which I agree. I'm like, who's starting on a finale, but like literally I am. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we are, we are. Yeah. You also huh. hear so much social media buzz, like right before finale that you're kind of like 
if you happen to be at the right place at the right time and you see it on live, you're like, let me just see what everyone's talking about. And and so I'm a journalist actually by trade. I've interviewed, actually my last red carpet was Chris Harrison's um, Rosé launch party. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that so ironic and weird? And oh my God, like Kelly was there, uh, Kelsey, like all the girls from Peter's season, a lot of them. Um, but you're kind of a journalist now too. Like you don't realize it, but you are, I've listened to your episodes. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Like you work in the Broadway community. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Yeah. I mean, so my, I mean, my degree and what I did a lot of before I moved into that field was PR. And then I did a lot of, weirdly enough, it'd be kind of in in hindsight was like a training for this. I wrote a lot for broadwayworld.com in Atlanta. And so I would like see a lot of like national tours. I would go to like random, uh, like not not random, but like non-theater shows like Alvin Ailey and um, Riverdance. And and I would get to like interview a lot of those people and review the shows. And in a weird way, like that kind of served as like a training ground for what I'm doing now. And uh, life is funny like that, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I work. Um, I mean, I haven't in a year, but I'm about to go back to work uh, in the Broadway space. So I work for a company that does like staffing for Broadway shows. And so typically when shows need like a boost in sales or like they want us to like just like, you know, be brand ambassadors or, or what have you uh, or market the show, they'll hire us and I will be the one to like organize it and help plan it and make sure that we have ever, all the staffing and like the merchandise and the t-shirts and the flyers and whatever. So like sometimes it's literally just us in Times Square passing out King Kong, the musical flyers. And sometimes it's like being at the Mean Girls Broadway theater and passing out tacos for Mean Girls Day. Like there, there really are no uh, rules, which is so much fun. And, you know, I, I love theater. Um, and so it's just like the perfect synergy. Um, yeah, so I, I love it. It's a really fun job and I'm very excited um, that I get to go back and do it because I didn't think I was going to be able to, so. so- about the people you've interviewed, you know, you've interviewed like some really iconic old school people. I almost said characters. It's kind of the same thing. Also yes. a couple like of new people. Um, I know you had uh, Blake Monar. Who have you interviewed that like has surprised you the most? I would say Matt Munson from Rachel Lindsay's season. Like, I, I don't know that I was surprised, but like I'm surprised at like, how close we've become um, since like interviewing in December. And he's like so supportive. He's like such a champion for the pod. And um, well, actually the information he gave me too was surprising because he low-key was like, I am supposed, I was supposed to be on Claire's season and then something happened, cough, cough, Tasha. Um, and so like, he also spilled some pretty good tea, but his support was like out of this world surprising. So like, I guess on both fronts, Matt, oh. yeah. Wait, I didn't listen to that episode yet. He was supposed to come back to do Claire's season. Yeah, it was super last minute because Claire was a last minute pick and they were like, ah shit, we need like, you know, <laughs> not 25 year old men and Matt's 36. And so they asked him if he wanted to be on the season and he almost was. And then everything got pushed back and canceled. And then they kept him on the back burner. Um, but then it just never happened because something changed. And mm. I mean, I'm a firm believer that Tasha was like, at, at looking to the same time that Claire was from the beginning. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is all the like quote unquote proof that I need personally. Like she was so always much. plan B. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, they orchestrated everything. It wasn't out of the blue that Claire just fell in love with Dale so early on. I mean, I think she did, but they did some pushing to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. like she, that, that was a part of the storyboard. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And I just want to say too, like props to Matt because um, I've been list I've been watching The Bachelor for like a humongous chunk of my life, <laughs> like 
<laughs> ever since I was a kid. And so I know everything. I listen to all the podcasts and Rachel Lindsay has spoken so highly of him. Like on so many podcasts, they're like, who is one of the most difficult people to let go? And she's like mad. And everyone's like, we barely saw him. She's like, no, like he was so amazing. So yeah, he seems like such a great guy. I guess let's dive into Clarentasia's season a little bit. So you think that this was completely orchestrated. Do you think that Dale was orchestrated? Do you think they had met before? Uh, no, I, I don't think they met before. And I don't think, I don't think they messaged before. Um, but I feel like I could be pretty easily swayed on that. Uh, but no, I, I just think that production had a pretty clear narrative in the back of their head of like, okay, well, this season is going to be boring and we have to do something to make it exciting. And a second bachelorette was that uh, thought process, which is clearly a pattern now uh, because we mm -hmm. have two upcoming bachelorettes this year. So uh, I, I think that uh, Tasha, I don't, I don't know that Tasha knew. Uh, I think she probably had an inkling Um but yeah, I just, I think that the show definitely was aware of what was happening. Um, and, and Claire is so, she knows what she wants so much that she was fine with it. Yeah, she knows what she wants so much that it is a hindrance to her. I mean, <laughs> good old Claire. We're still debating. We don't know her exact like birth because she's on the cusp of Aries and Pisces. So we're like, not clear, but she's definitely a Pisces. I'm sorry. I'm just, we don't claim, like we love her. <laughs> I'm an Aries, but let me tell you that energy is a lot of Pisces to me. It's hard though. There's so many people in Bachelor Nation on the cusp. You really will embody like all the traits of both. Like you, you know, and I know everybody loves when people pick a team, but um, and I kind of do that with Claire, but I see so, so much Pisces. Like I see it in her eyes. I see it in her personality, everything, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this. I am so bad at astrology. And so like, this is really exciting. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on Zach and Tasha? Like during Tasha's part of the season, who were you rooting for? Because we all had different people. And I want to say I win because I was team Zach. I, my, my like top pick changed every week. So I don't even know if I can answer that. It was whoever had the date that I was like champion, <laughs> championing, championing, um, rooting for, there we go. And, uh, I, yeah, because that like for a while I was like, Oh, I know it's not going to be Joe, but like I needed to be Joe. And then I <laughs> was <laughs> very heavily like pro bin and uh i also me. yeah like but i also like yes it, it's it was really hard like that was such a well cast season <laughs> because they were all older and they had their shit together i actually thought brendan was going to win um but i was constantly rooting for different people every single week because like what a cast so it's so funny because during that season, we all were like, what is this bullshit? You know, La Quinta, by the way, La Quinta is literally one of my favorite resorts of all time. I've been there several times. It's stunning and it's beautiful. It just wasn't a great place to host the bachelorette season. And, but everyone was so hot and uncomfortable. And we were just like, ew, this season like needs to be over. And now everyone during that season was like, bring back like Tasha and even Claire, like it was, uh, it was kind of a mess. Let's talk about Matt a little bit, Matt James. So what were your initial thoughts on him getting cast? He was definitely a knee-jerk reaction from the network um, because they love to be reactive. It's hard because I was, I don't want to say that I always thought this, but I most definitely did. Like Matt was never ready for marriage. Like mm -hmm. I said that, you know, week one, I really think Matt went into this thinking, oh, I want to be a fuck boy like Tyler and we can be on the same level and we could just like do whatever we want and date, you know, models. And I think that was like Matt's, you know, mindset going into this. And uh, I think it's disappointing. It's, we see so many casting issues all like through for like years now, but then to like, 
cast someone in a lead who's literally not ready for marriage like matt had to have got undergone multiple psych evaluations like that i feel like there's no way they couldn't have known that and yet they still cast him which is really disappointing because i know it's a reality tv show and i know that we want drama and we want a little bit of those characters to be uh to come to life but at the same time like we also want to root for couples and uh yeah. they were they weren't even trying to give us that with matt which was a letdown like nothing promotes the franchise better than actual sustainable like love or like a couple yeah. that makes it at least a couple of years or something you know it just doesn't do them any good but i think they also were aware of that and thought that they could just manufacture it along the way or cross that bridge when it got there i also feel like matt kind of fooled himself also into thinking that he was ready um, at times. I think he kind of like went back and forth about it. I think entering into the process, he's like, oh yeah, mate, like after the evaluations and everything, he's like, actually, maybe I am ready. I mean, I've been in a pandemic. I was alone. Like it would have been nice to be in love, like cabin fever company. That'd be great. Cuffing yeah. season. There's no bigger cuffing season than the pandemic. Yeah. Except for his and Tyler's, you know, COVID parties, which no one ever <laughs> talks about. Yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah. that it's, it's unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. I think that he'll look back on this experience and feel grateful for it because you, he had an, an awakening of sorts, you know, of like, all the racism in this country, even though I'm sure he's well aware of it, but he has spoken about, you know, how he, a lot of his friends and a lot of the family, like his friends' families that like he would go over to their house, they all had a certain way of living. And he didn't, I feel like he didn't know everything outside of his own world. And now he did. And he chose a girl that had a pretty racist past I mean, I feel, I feel really bad for him. Like, I don't know what he's going through, but at least he's, um, you know, going to the UFC fights with uh, Courtney Kardashian and Megan Fox, giving Megan Fox a piece of gum, you know, like. Well, I know what's going on there. What's going on there. He went with the, the handler guy who's doing all the entertainment footage. What are you talking about handler guy? The guy who's been filming, who's like been going around and filming everything. Big, and like Big Bear? The bear, big bear, or what's his name? Um, Maybe. <laughs> I, no, I was just looking at his photo. That's what his bio says. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, the hand, that guy. Part of the quarantine crew. He's been with Matt nonstop since the end of the season because he's been the one filming all of the um, the skateboarding stuff. Yeah, no, that's and... him. He was a part of the quarantine crew. He was filming all of oh. that. He's one of their best friends, and he has taken photographs of Hannah Brown. Oh, and- Oh, that, yeah, that's him. Mm -hmm. So the two of them are going to probably try to sell like footage and as NFTs and try to create like some type of thing with it. Because if you were to get, let's say if you were at that NFT fight and you filmed it or parts of it and you had like three dimensional footage that you could sell kind of like a baseball card and back in the day it's like this valuable source from being present in the moment that people can purchase as kind of like a cryptocurrency I know it makes no sense but like YouTube it this has become like uh like resourceable value now and it seems that that handler I have a feeling that that handler dude is trying to create video footage you know like itm moments with celebrities and like in sports and everything that he can sell at as M- nfts because okay. it's better to start now like get into it now if you can and he definitely is a good videographer well let's talk about that because i know matt was talking about nfts like i will tell my true story you know all those tweets that whole thing I listened to uh, the Game of Roses podcast where they briefly explained it and I still did not understand. And he's like, if you take a picture of the Mona Lisa, it's not the same as the Mona Lisa. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. And then, and then, but then it's like, but then you can also create things that are just digital. You don't have in person that are worth all the, I'm like, isn't that what Instagram is for? Just like, I'm so confused. So what did you well, okay. Yeah. You explain it first, Melissa. If you Okay. So imagine like Matt, like shares like all this really, really incredible in-depth 
information that he would not be allowed to say on like social media or YouTube or anything. Mm. And that, and he like creates this documentary that you can only purchase through NFTs. Like, so his video, his little documentary kind of become a currency because like you can only watch it if you own it. You can only show it if you sell it, vice mm-hmm. versa. You can you can replicate it and then show it, but that's like not the same as owning it. Or Do you understand it. all this stuff, Justin? Do you get this whole, all these like cryptic Instagram posts that Matt's been doing and this NFT stuff? Like, what are your thoughts on it? Have you been following it? Yeah, I understand a little bit of it. Uh, I think it's really interesting and I think it's really clever because I and I think that for people who aren't understanding it it's I think we can kind of like compare it in a weird way to Clubhouse um, (laughs) because like I've been on a lot of the Clubhouse chat rooms that Garen from Claire Season has been Mm -hmm. hosting and like he has like alluded to the fact that the show can't uh, stop him from clubhousing but also like if he does say something like as a breach of contract he could potentially like get a strike for it and I think that there's kind of like this weird gray area there because clubhouse is a brand new app that's not like embedded into the contract and so similar to like cryptocurrency and nfts like it's the same kind of concept where like the show didn't specifically say that so matt has kind of like this weird loophole um and i guess like technically i guess it would just depend depend on what he says um and like how viewed it is but uh but yeah like i kind of understand it but i also like sam like what you were saying with like why why does it matter like you can just like post a photo on instagram like Mm -hmm. i kind of like agree with that but I also think that it's just like this weird form of like trading cards in a sense that it's like some people are going to do it and some people are just going to be like, why? So I think so too. It is for now it's going to see like seem like trading cards, but you're going to actually have like your own NFT gallery. And what's going to matter is that you have this collection of stuff and like, you can't change like the code that's associated to that original like intellectual property or yeah. piece that that now exists within your like quote unquote gallery and people even imagine it as like you being able to visit my gallery with like virtual reality or something like that and get to like like uh be a part instead of just like looking at all these like two-dimensional two-dimensional photos on Instagram or two-dimensional videos on Instagram, like you're actually able to like see certain things in 3D. We're going to start like hearing stories of like really, really fucking rich people like having like gallery parties where it's like you can only view this if you come to like my gallery party that I'm hosting in a mansion where I have like this video of like Matt talking about being the bachelor and like this other video of like another Kardashian sex tape or whatever like that's literally what we're gonna see and I'm so excited for that right this stuff can be protected uh in a certain way like we don't know what's invented beyond that like maybe if we did try to copy it we wouldn't get to view it or get to hear it I don't know how they're going to work it all out I'm sure there's something that they're doing but it's going to kind of come back to like we had to go to the years I mean our grandparents had to go to the movie theaters there was no way to watch anything unless you went straight to the movie theater to see it uh we had to rent from Blockbuster because like a real VHS tape was like a hundred bucks. And why would you buy that unless you really were obsessed with the movie? So it's kind of like kind of rewinding back to that in a sense. So it's cool. What would you imagine Justin would be on Matt's NFT? I don't even know what to call it. His NFT gallery. That's the thing. Like, I really have no idea. Like what, like it, it obviously this season was so edited, but we got so little of Matt realistically mm-hmm. that I just have no idea. Like, I have to imagine that a lot of it would have been, would be about like his dad and that conversation, uh, potentially what was edited out that him and Rachel spoke about during the, um, after the final rose. Cause that, I think what, what did they record like six or seven hours? And we saw, yep. 
you know, uh, 40 minutes of it. So uh, maybe something from there uh, that, you know, maybe tells us a little bit more of why they broke up. I mean, I think his reasons were very justified, obviously, but I still feel like there <laughs> was obviously more to that conversation versus uh, compared to like all the awkward silences that we got. Yeah. So our theory, I, well, I, I won't speak for us, but we talked about it on the show, but uh, my theory, you know, is that remember all the TikToks that came out about Rachel when the season started? Did you see those? Yes. Yeah. And then there was the one that really got me the most was the follow-up. One of the follow-up ones that the girl did that posted the original one that had all the screenshots of messages after her original one that people had sent her like, oh my God, Rachel bullied me so terribly. Like I quit the sorority. I had to transfer colleges. Her friends were so terrible. Like my sister was uh, dating a guy and she slept with her boyfriend in, in my sister's bed. Like, really? like all the- there was one that said that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot validating um, like yeah. with, with other people's personal experiences. There were wow. a lot. Right. So basically not even like calling her a racist, but just like saying that she was like a shit person. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of racist stuff also in there saying, you know, uh, when okay. black people went to the college bar, she would be like, they don't belong here, stuff like that. And so if they it, comments and stuff, mm-hmm. like they remembered that she felt she had this. Yeah. Yeah. And if like wow. this girl on TikTok was getting the, these DMs, I mean, I could only imagine the DMs that Matt James was getting during this time because he's referenced, I didn't want to believe the rumors and I'm like, okay, so you did watch the TikTok. So you probably interview. Yeah, that was a really good interview. Um, but, good, yeah. but yeah, there was so much being said. And I do think that he cares about her to a degree that I don't think he wanted to like roast her like that. But it's like, you know that I know Rachel and you know why I, why I broke up with you beyond the obvious. It's all so freaking icky. But I think at the end of the day, my my biggest concern kind of comes from the fact of like, Casting was very much aware of these photos and these and uh, these likes and, and all these different things. They're always aware. They they knew about the Lees during Rachel's season. They knew mm-hmm. about um, uh, I'm trying to think of other. Uh, they knew about Garrett. Like none of this should be a surprise. They knew about Taylor. There's no way that they missed those tweets from Ooh. Taylor. I mean, how can like Reddit and regular like watchers figure this out and the friggin' bachelor producers can't i heard the other day that and I, I can't remember who said it so sorry i don't have a receipt or anything it's but okay. <laughs> um like someone mentioned that like dean when he was going back to paradise or summer games or like one of the many times he was on the show he was actually told by production that like he had a facebook post that had like a bunch of fucks in it and then he needed to delete it and so that Mm -hmm. that for me is the only reason that i feel like production and casting does know about these sorts of things because they're they they do need villains that that is the reality so it it almost feels like oh well you know what's the what the obvious thought process of a of the of a villain for a black lead is a racist and that's i mean it's pretty shitty of them but but i think it's interesting too because um i listened to game of roses on reality steve's podcast a couple weeks ago and Mm -hmm. they talked about the audience not really knowing what they wanted and it's i it's it's so true because as horrible as everything that's happened was like we were all tuning in we were all reading the the articles about rachel Lindsay and rachel Gracanel and x y and z so um on one hand it is a lot but on another hand, I do think that it's really addictive. And that's kind of why we're all here in a weird way. I don't know. I really do have a point there because as much as people have been complaining about it, they were watching it. As much as people were like, I'm so done with this show. I can't stand it. These are all the things wrong with it. They were in the clubhouse rooms more than anybody else. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they'll be back next season. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Whether you're for or against Chris Harrison, whatever, like you will be back next season. Right. Period. Well, I can edit this out and just let me know what you want. But like, what are your thoughts on thoughts. Chris Har- on Chris oh, Harrison? I think that Chris <laughs> is horrible at his job. Um, and I've thought this for a while now. So 
personally, for me, I have wanted him phased out because he's not engaging. Uh, I feel like everything feels, every conversation with him feels so... uh, Yeah. Yeah, he's not listening. And at the end of the day, you know, the cast keeps getting younger and younger and he keeps getting older and older. <laughs> and and I also think that he looked a lot older this season than yes. normal. Yeah, yeah. His, like hair, like- He looked rough. Yeah, and like, I, I just, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, if what happened didn't happen, I would have still been like, let's get a new host in here. Let's get the mentors, whatever you want to do. Um, aside, aside from that, with everything that happened, um, I think that he really showed his true colors. I think that this is not the first time he said something stupid. And at the end of the day, like if your job is to be the host and spokesperson for a show, or anything if you mess up like you mess up so and i and he's he's messed up several times and there really hasn't ever been any sort of what i feel like visible consequences which makes it even tougher because the franchise is not transparent with us so you know we literally have no idea if chris is quote unquote putting in the work or doing anything or if he's ever been scolded for saying something stupid. Um like we just we really don't know, which kind of sucks. But yeah, I'm I'm personally really excited for this new mentorship program. I think it'll be like a breath of fresh air. I think that the show has needed to figure out a way to bring back like there are favorites for a while now and i think that this is a great way to do it to like shuffle through with our favorite past leads our cup favorite couples like to get like a rachel and brian lead or hosting scenario or like a Tasha and zach or like a jojo and jordan like i think that that will be really really freaking fun and so i'm excited i think it's like a new chapter for the show and i hope that they <laughs> don't bring chris back Sorry. He just doesn't seem like into it either. Like he doesn't seem like he cares. He's like the weird old like uncle lurking around like when you're hanging out with like your friends like for like a holiday party or something. When he was not in a sexual way. When he was leaning on Rachel, I couldn't. I was like, why are you leaning on Rachel's doorway like that? You look like you're making me uncomfortable and I can't imagine how she felt because like why is your armpit in her face I do think that he was protecting her because she was f1 you know she was first choice but I do kind of think it went beyond that I don't know if he saw her as like a daughter or like as like a girl he would have loved in when he was younger you know like yeah. who who freaking there knows? was some there was something weird something very very weird and like how hard he went in defending her in the conversation with Rachel I don't know if you guys are Howard Stern fans at all I'm a major Howard Stern fan and he loves I know it's so incredibly random I'm like the fruit of the group but I love Howard Stern I mean he's obsessed with The Bachelor and talks about it literally all the time and he had such a good point he's like Chris like you have the best job in the world. You make so much money for literally doing nothing. Your job is to like smile and say, I'm just the host. Like, I, I don't know. Let's wait and see what Rachel says. Why the hell he chose to dig in in that interview with Rachel Lindsay was just so weird. Like there, there's something else going on there. But I mean, it's good. We saw his true colors even more. And now, you know, we got Emmanuel Acho at After the Final Rose, which I thought was awesome. And we got uh, Caitlin and Tasha in the next season. Like, what are your thoughts on on the next season? Looking forward to Katie and then Michelle. Are you excited? Were you happy at the Bachelorette choices? What are your thoughts on everything? I really enjoy both of them. So I'm happy. I think that this was such a strong cast. The Bachelorette is always way better anyway. So I'm all for two um I'm off for, for double the men honestly and um, <laughs> me too so like yeah fine with me um uh, and I <laughs> I have had the opportunity to message Katie some and um 
like befriend her in a small way us and too she, us too yes. we like the same music we like you know uh old school late 90s early 2000s punk music so. well and the amount of people i've talked to who are like yeah like she's responded to this or she's like commented on this like she's really really engaging and so nice and i love that so i'm all for her i think michelle like what a great opportunity to like actually like know Michelle because we were <laughs> so deprived of that uh, as we were for literally everyone but I feel like Katie Abigail and Victoria like we didn't know we literally those are the only three people that got screen time I feel like so everyone else is just like who are these women and so I'm really excited for her I would have also been so down for Brie um mm, yeah. I think that Brie is so freaking gorgeous and like ugh. uh but yeah so I I think it's gonna be great and I'm excited for it and you know if the bachelor wants to cover up one problem by you know doubling down and doing two shows it's probably not the best thing for them to do but I'm also here for it in a yeah. weird way and I will just say, just to toot my own horn, when we were doing Tasha Claire season, I discovered Katie on TikTok. And, yes. and I was like watching her poop stories. I don't know if you guys have ever seen her poop story on TikTok of like pooping her pants at work accidentally. Caitlin does not like um, Melissa and I's, you know, dirty, gross poop humor. Uh, but we, <laughs> I was like, this girl is going to be the next bachelorette the new season hadn't even started yet so um you know to, having to, sex with ghosts and oh yeah going to delete those things i'm surprised like i know the bachelor has a lot of changes to make or the bachelor, bachelor nation rather has a lot of changes to make but there is something definitely new that they're allowing someone like katie who has those type of tiktoks to be the bachelorette <laughs> I think they're trying a, a repeat of Caitlyn Bristow's season. I don't really think this is exactly anything new. I think they know that Caitlyn's a major fan favorite. She she's engaging. She's funny. She's a little risque. She you know people like watching that. And this is going to be kind of like a Caitlyn Bristow sex positive 2.0 kind of thing. I feel like they're kind of trying to repeat it. I completely agree. I think that that was something that I thought like night one is that like this feels like could be another Caitlyn. Um, but I also think to Melissa's point, like they're definitely doing some more risque casting because look at Kenny, look at all those nudes that he has out there. He's like taking more photos and I, I love Kenny. I think he's great, but it's like 10, like five, 10 years ago, like he would not have been allowed on the show. Um, and so I, I do think that they're, well, and even just like all the tattoos that we saw uh, this season and last season, it, I, I, I love tattoos. I'm all for it, but like, I'm sure there are a lot of like Midwest moms who do not like tattoos and they're like, what is going on? So uh, it is it is interesting to uh, to see them change that because, yeah, I, I agree. At the end of the day, the show is about money. Sure, it's about love. It's about promoting yourself. It's about money. Every TV show is about money. So like, what do you have to say about these viewers that like might go away if the show really doesn't do exactly what they want? Like, not that we care, but like, do you think like Batch Nation is, you know, still sort of coddling them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the the franchise is walking this line, knowing that they have two very different audiences. And uh, <laughs> I, I think that like the show is unfortunately doing a good job of walking that line because they're doing enough to appease both sides, which is super frustrating. Uh from like my point of view, but I, I think that people are full of shit. I think there are so many people who are like, I'm not going to watch and you know, they'll be back. I also think that like, I've heard so many people say, Oh, I literally started watching the franchise because of Rachel Lindsay. Like I literally mm -hmm. came back this season to watch M Matt James. And so I absolutely think that like, they are also gaining uh like viewership from that and and also like we have to keep in mind when we look at ratings like ratings are are not an actual reliable metric now because like disney is competing with itself because they're playing it on you know uh on, on cable and then they're putting it on 
their other other site, (laughs) Hulu, the next day. And so we know that so many millennials and and younger and like really just like even families like don't have cable nowadays because it's unnecessary and so expensive. Um, And so I think that like it's really kind of hard to tell like what is what, but like they're they're you know, number one, pretty much every Monday anyway. So it doesn't really matter. They're still getting this ad dollars. But yeah, I also think that the show just needs to be aware that like they can influence uh, so many like so many positive moments without it being pushy too. And so it it just feels like, why can't we have more of that? Um, And they're just, I don't know, they're not getting it. Were you surprised that so many people were like hating on the fact that they chose Caitlyn and Tasha? For me, I felt like it really depends on how you look at the glass, like half empty, half full. I saw Caitlyn as like a no brainer because she was on Dancing with the Stars. She has a podcast. There's so many people that I know just personally that listen to her podcast, never watched anything from The Bachelor. Like she's gained such an audience that's non-Bachelor and they will now merge into seeing her host again. And then of course, like the, like we were saying before, there's a relationship between Caitlin and Caitlin, Katie and Caitlin. Well, that's going to be confusing. Unfortunately, like Tasha is more malleable than Caitlin. Like I can, I feel like Tasha likes to color within the lines a little bit more, like where Caitlin's kind of more of a do whatever I want. She's a Gemini energy, whatever. It is what it is. (laughs) Someone we know so well, someone who's recent, but everyone's so upset over it. Like it should have just been one or the other. How do you feel about that? I am okay with it because I really like the idea of having two mentors. Like I was saying earlier with like it could be in couples or like, you know, best friends or or whatever. Uh, I mean, I think it's really, really fun because we could, you know, maybe have like, you know, like an Alexis and Raven, like, you know, like duo. <laughs> I mean, like the, the possibilities are endless. And so I'm I'm okay with it. I think Caitlin makes a ton of sense uh, for me mainly because dancing with the stars like she has that abc synergy and i truly believe that uh it was not the bachelor producers who made that decision i think that it was abc and warner brothers making the decision for chris to step down making the decision to go into this mentor lane and i think that ultimately they chose Tasha and caitlin because they, like you said, uh, Tasha's recent and Caitlin also recent because we just watched her on our TVs literally the night before we watched Tasha every week. And so they both have that like fresh out of our minds, like they're the top of mind. And so I think they're like fantastic choices from like a business perspective. Um, And I also think that, you know, Caitlin has definitely had some missteps here and there. Uh, but I, I ultimately do believe that she means well, and she has been more vocal about things, which, uh, could she be better? Absolutely. Couldn't we all, but like, I think that she is like putting in the work and I, I agree. They're not going to be able to kind of push her around as much. I think Tasha will definitely probably go with the flow a little bit more, but, uh, but I think that's going to be a phenomenal duo and I'm so excited for it. Truly. How do you feel about the lawsuit with Chris Harrison? Oh, uh, I haven't really given it much thought. It's page six. Like, so I'm like, whatever. I, I think page six is full of shit most of the time. So I am like, it's interesting. Maybe he has a lawyer, but like, it could mean a million different things. I, um, I, I think it was Caitlin who said it like, there are, he just doesn't even seem like he's enjoying himself. So like, maybe he's like trying to buy himself out of his production or his uh, producer credit. Like there could be a a bunch of different things that he uh, is wanting to do. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm really not sure, but also page six is like less than TMZ. So I just am like, meh, I don't know. That seems more fair and more realistic. I thought he was going to like take down Bachelor Nation. Before we get into your astrology, Justin, uh, I just want to ask you too about paradise and about, well, okay, sorry, two things. 
first Peter season. We never really get got to dissect all of this and everything that had happened. Who were your favorites coming out of that season? And who do you hope to see on Paradise? I, I really like Kelsey uh, because of the champagne thing. I think it's just so funny and iconic. And like, I fully expect we'll see her. Um, I love Tammy. Hope to see Tammy on the beach. I'm very anti-Maddie for some reason. And I really can't put my finger on why, but she drives me absolutely insane. I am too. I don't like her. And- for some reason, I like Hannah Ann more, but I also don't really care for her. I liked Hannah Ann after she called out Peter, and now I'm just like, man. Oh, like, true. Okay, all right. So I, I did like, okay, I'm like, pull up the, the cast list. So I did like, I actually really enjoyed Kelly on the show, minus the episode she went home where she was being rude to everyone. But they freaking um, bit her. That I think they, they totally took her words away from her. Yeah, I think that that is all messy, and I'm... Still waiting for Peter to say something, but here we are. Yeah, maybe um, he can get an NFT, actually. Um. Well, <laughs> I think the reason that neither of them has been, like, vocal about it is because, like, I think both of them will be on Paradise. And, uh, like, if you haven't watched Bachelor Pad, like, a similar thing happens on season two yeah. where they have Jake Pavalka there and then his ex, Vienna. And, oh, my God, it's such good TV. But uh, Jake <laughs> is the biggest, like, loser of all of the Bachelors, like, ever. He literally is. And I think it's so embarrassing to go to Paradise as a lead. Like, I would never if I yeah. was, like, ever. So, I mean, you know what? Little PP may, you know, come to... Do what PP does best. <laughs> I also would love to see Natasha and Lexi. And I think mm. that's it. I love Natasha. And I also love Lexi. And I respect that you brought her up because people forget about her. Yeah, she's so cute. I do yeah. think she's in a relationship. I'm a McKenna fan, to be honest with you. Um, I think she's great. I would love McKenna on there, but I don't think she's going to do it. I think that she's been very vocal about how this show is horrible towards mental health. And I think yeah. she's like, nah. Totally. Um, I mean, I'm excited. I want, I'm excited to see Joe because, you know, he's definitely going to be on there. And well, maybe they released, he was on the Almost Famous podcast and it literally came out today. Uh, And I, I listened to it earlier while I was running errands and he was basically like, well, I'm not like actually confirmed. So I don't know like where this rumor came from, but also the rumor came from Robert Mills uh just like tweeting and so it's a weird situation but like I feel like Joe could be on the fence because like Joe has like a really good job and like I don't know but also I feel like he wants to go on so I'm not really sure yeah Joe said the anxiety of stepping away and then coming back and then reacclimating back to his real life was so hard that he couldn't imagine doing it again but it does yeah if you heard that then he might be toying with it and maybe the rumor mill started on purpose just to see what his pulse is or what the audience pulse is on that. Ooh, and that's I, a good yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see Kenny like running around with blurs over his dick, just yep. like running around paradise. Everyone's like, oh, Kenny, not again. The star and- tattoos that you love oh so much. Yeah. Elvis. <laughs> so just resting. I think Kenny is so hot. So <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. I think he's everything and more. I love yeah. Joe especially. I like I send DMs to Joe being like, I just want you to know I appreciate you and I hope you have a great morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not weirdo. Like Does he open and- them? No. Um, <laughs> he actually followed me uh like a week ago and I I'm usually miss so many notifications because like of the frequency uh, that I post. You're just so um, popular. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no you it's, are. Well, kind of, but also I just like post so much that it's like amplified by what a normal account would be. But I like happened to like see that some like someone had followed me who I was already following, and then I was like, "Holy shit, it's Joe!" And I got so excited. I actually, I think I did a story about it. I can't remember. I might have we are not ashley and and ben but we are caitlin sam and melissa we're about to fire some questions at you okay favorite bachelorette of all time rachel yeah favorite bachelor of all time Ooh, sean low 
favorite couple from Bachelor in Paradise? Um, Jaden Tanner. The cutest babies out of Bachelor Nation. Uh, I mean, probably Sean and Catherine. Favorite villain of all time. Oh God, uh, that's so good. Um, oh, I don't even know. There's so many good villains. I mean, Olivia is one of my favorites. I actually really like Chris Randon. Um, we'll say those two. Dream pa uh, paradise pairing. Like Brie with anyone? Like honestly, just like, yeah. I, I just want Brie to, like I know she's not going to do paradise cause she's been vocal about that. But like, I just want Brie to do paradise be like the next Hannah G where she gets like a million Instagram followers and like is engaged in living her best like LA, LA life. Oh my God, Brie and Peter Kraus. I don't know if your thoughts on Peter died after Rachel season and a lot of stuff came out about him, but he'll always hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, I feel that. But Brie, also sexy. Brie and like, Brendan. Brie and Brendan. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd be into That's that. Like, That's a good one. Who's the most awkward person you think that you can remember on any of the shows? I feel like Matt McDonald was a little bit awkward, but I really liked him. Who is someone that you wish was The Bachelor that never was? Oh, Mike Johnson. But also Ivan. I, I feel like, I mean, Ivan still could be The Bachelor, but either one of them. How about um, a Bachelorette cho like choice that never was? I don't even know. Who, who would I want to... Who do I want to see as the Bachelorette? Um, I mean, I could answer Brie again because it's top of mind. I mean, no one from Peter's season, um, but <laughs> that's so shady. Oh, you know who I want to see as a Bachelorette? I would like to see Demi be Bachelorette, but I would love the cast to be half men and half women like Tila Tequila. That is my answer, yes. That would be an amazing idea. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, Justin Cole Adams, AKA Justin takes the batch, who he is in his astrology. We have his info, unlike, you know, a lot of the other contestants that we get, we don't have their full chart, but we have yours, Justin. We know everything about you. Scary. <laughs> don't be afraid. I'm not an astrologer. I can't go that far into your astrology, but I, I, I know that you're so green to it, which is so exciting because I get to like, just like bring you into this world and like, I'll share the basics with you. How about okay. that? Yeah. Okay. So you've identified yourself as your sun sign before, or you were like, I don't even know, like, this is my birthday. I've read like all the generic things about Tauruses, but never anything uh, like past that. And then uh, I've been told my other signs, but I don't remember them. Oh, okay. Well, Tauruses are great. Uh, Rachel Lindsay is also a Taurus. Yes. Yeah. Bad neighbor mm -hmm. uh, name drop. You, your main three, like your sun, which is Taurus, your moon, which is Capricorn, and your rising, which is Libra. I thought that was fun because Sam here is a Libra sun and Libra rising. And Caitlin is a Libra rising. She's a Scorpio sun, in case you were wondering. Your big three is like what people like to call it. Like sometimes people will say, what's your sign? And then they'll say, okay, so what's your big three? Meaning your sun, your moon, and your rising. Your sun is like your ego. Like that's what people think that your ego relates to the world. Um, the belief is that like we take on these personality traits based on where we were when the big old sun, where the big old sun was to earth, like when we were born. And that for you, of course, is Taurus. So you're dependable AF, loyal, supportive, patient, practical. You're an earth sign. So you're grounded and determined. You're warm hearted. You're clever. You're generous. Like for sure. I definitely get that vibe off of you. Um, but the moon sign is also a really big deal. Your moon signs, Capricorn and Caitlin. Katie of The Bachelorette next season is also a Capricorn, uh, not Capricorn moon, just Capricorn sun. So I think you're going to be able to understand her pretty well because the moon sign is a, like I said, it's the mumbo jumbo, like everything that goes on inside of our heads. It's how you tick. It's the deeper, darker side of your personality. It's your emotions. There are a lot of times where you're going to meet someone and you're going to say, oh, that person doesn't strike me as blank zodiac sign. And I'm saying this kind of for the audience as well. Like if you feel that way, there's two things going on. One, 
you're probably looking at them as like the stereotype that Instagram likes to, or the memes, right? Or TikTok, like sometimes social media likes to stereotype and kind of pay too much mind to the shadow side of a sign or kind of overly praise like the beneficial side of a sign. It takes a little bit more um, research to really understand a sign because as much as people want to call like Gemini's crazy, um, they're really not. I mean, of course, there's an unbalanced Gemini, but a lot of times they might like poke and pry just to get to the truth and they, they know what they're doing. And then sometimes that's the beauty about them. And it's really how you take it. Your moon sign is Capricorn, which is also an earth sign. You have a lot of Capricorn in your chart, by the way. Like you and Matt James have a lot in common here. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're both fuck boys. <laughs> you think you are one? I mean, our lover boys, if they, you know, they, they really are. I mean, I, my first love was a Taurus. So <laughs> I have always been like, so uh, like career focused and like action oriented, I guess. So like, like finding a partner and like being in relationships is actually never really like, it's never been like my go-to. So I mean, I'm not a fuck boy, but I'm also like not like dating oriented because I've always been so career driven. Uh, so yeah. So I mean, yeah, kind of a little bit. Well, that makes sense because your Venus is an Aries just like mine and uh, Michelle that you relate to Michelle in that. So it when you are Venus and Aries, it's like, when you do find someone you want, you can be extremely passionate and you're like, ooh, like just so you know, like my eyes are set on you and like, I want you. But at the same time, it's not the biggest priority to be in a match. Like you don't feel like empty if you're not in a relationship whatsoever because you're like, well, I'd rather my career. If there were two doors in front of me, career or relationship, I would always open career. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, right? Like you probably feel like, like whatever men fall from the sky like it just doesn't matter you know what I mean yeah. like that's how I feel like I'm totally. like oh, you break my heart well there's always another one but when it comes to career it's like I gotta give it my all and I understand that with you just with the Venus and Aries because of my personal experience but you also have North Node and Capricorn and like your North Node it's interesting how much Capricorn you have in your chart because not only your moon sign, but like your North node, you having your career shit figured out is like such a freaking big deal to you. It means more to you than anything in the entire world. And I think that also with your Chiron and Capricorn, it might be, I might get a little woo here or like, and I could be wrong, but like, I feel like your parents put a lot of pressure on you in regards to career. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you don't <gasps> like, is it me putting all this shit on me about career? Or is it also like ingrained in me from my childhood and answers both from your chart? Yeah. It's like, there's something to prove. And so it's not like a, a direct, like, you know, uh, you have to make X amount by this age or whatever, but it's like, it's very much like that, uh, that like, I want to do the best I can because that's like, they've like <laughs> subconsciously pressured me yeah your north node um i should have explained this also your north node is like your destiny it's the energy even though like your sign is taurus right and that's like who you are um your north node kind of like shows like the direction you're heading to or the direction you're more, most comfortable in um and your south node is in cancer so sometimes you might like default or like organically have these like um like cancer is like nurturing so you might like also be like oh like I want to take care of my friends and make sure my friends are always happy but like oh but my career comes first kind of thing and like you're always going to have that like tug of war between like your social life and your career life but you know so does a lot of people but for you if it really stresses you out just know that that's like your north note shit too and like you're always kind of figuring it out and it's like totally okay and don't feel bad about it you know that's yeah that's amazing well and it's, it's, what's funny is that like that's so true because I'm always like oh like I won't like make plans because I'll be doing this for work or whatever um but I <laughs> I very I well I will have like moments where I feel very guilty but normally like I've made it such a norm that not so much um but it'll be interesting like going back into like real life and work and navigating that and kind of like relearning those habits or establishing new habits so 
Well, if you feel like cold, but you still don't like feel like, like you feel like comfortable, you know what I mean? Like you might think to yourself like, Ooh, that was kind of cold, but I know this is the right decision. Know that that's you in your North node, which is like kind of the direction you're supposed to be heading at. So like, you're not doing anything wrong. You know what I mean? Don't feel bad. Cause that's really like, that's the suit you're supposed to sort of be in, you know? Yeah. It's like I, my North node is in Pisces and my South node is Virgo. Virgo is like, jokingly this one psychic said like you could have been a surgeon in your past life right because like your south node can kind of entail what you were in your past life so like you might be so extra critical of yourself and you might be like so hard on yourself but you're really supposed to be that chick that wakes up in the morning like grabs an orange and is gonna head to the river and like write a poem and (laughs) now I have to figure out how to be comfortable doing that because I really thought I was going to be like the corporate like kick-ass chick and like the corner office like making men sweat bullets because I'm such a scary bitch like I wanted to be that but as I'm sort of like kind of becoming that little Pisces-esque person shout out Claire Crawley um trying to take as many baths as possible uh (laughs) trying to go to the spa you know like I gotta know that that's what's right for me now like that's you know I gotta do that shit so um yeah so your Capricorn um Capricorn with Taurus, like both earth signs are super grounded, but I love that you have that air in your like rising sign, which is Libra and your rising sign is interesting because like I said, when you feel like you don't know, or you don't feel like someone fits a certain Zodiac sign, a lot of times the rising sign as well as the moon sign can mess with that uh, perception for people. Cause the rising sign is who you allow the public to see that's like who you consciously show the outside world wait but what's also, my rising sign your rising libra. sign is libra. Okay. i'm a libra i'm a libra so okay be, be yeah. nice <laughs> so you seem more like go with the flow but maybe you might be a little more hypercritical internally than like people would expect you to be but that's okay because like yeah totally i like to plan know. everything out but i like I definitely don't like to let people see that because I like I I want I want to be a little bit more free spirited, but I'm very much like wait I need a calendar. But you are because you are always going to like your rising sign is not fake. You know what I mean? You're not faking it. Like that yeah. is like a energy that's beholden to you and you possess it. Um, and I just want you to know, like, just so you don't uh, think I'm like reading you to filth. No, I love it. Okay, because Capricorn makes money, and that's like a fucking <laughs> boss. And that, and the reason why, like, just seeing your like Chiron or your North Node or anything related to Capricorn, um, just seeing that note makes me know that you're hard on yourself with career because all Capricorns are like they're the fucking CEOs, like they're the, you know, like. Katie taking this opportunity to be bachelorette was a no brainer for me because she'll do whatever it takes to like make her career, like take it another level. And, but it's not in a greedy way. Like you will give back and you will do the most and provide. Wait, doesn't Katie have a rising in Libra too though? What is her, she has something in Libra. I forget. I had to double check, but she did send us her her time. Um, We asked Katie before the season started her birth time, her birthplace. Her moon, so good. yeah, her moon is in Virgo, so that's another Earth sign. So, Justin, you will relate to Katie as like having like an Earth sign, Moon, and Sun. But um, yeah, so like definitely with your rising sign in Libra, you definitely see more like go with the flow and like chillax. And but internally, you could be a little a little hard on yourself. But the I just want to mention like the rising sign is not only just for anyone listening to this podcast. Um, I don't, I know people will say like your rising sign is what you consciously present to the world. I think that you also unconsciously present those traits to the world. Um, because I know for a fact, there are people that might like my best friends might name certain facts about me, but that has nothing to do with who I am at work. They'll be like, oh, Melissa's so steady and graceful and she takes her time. But when I'm at work, I'm like, like literally a Tasmanian devil, like running around and freaking out all the time. So it really doesn't, (laughs) I think that sometimes you might really not be aware of like the the traits that you're showing. 
um because yeah I my rising sign is Taurus so like I can seem more like patient and all this stuff than I really really am uh and yeah so I if you have any questions like shoot away <laughs> no uh that was amazing I like literally wrote down a couple of things because like I need to remember this because <laughs> DM us anytime. I've clearly like been told this, but I haven't like retained it as much as I should have. Well, you'll always have the episode to re-listen to. But... Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So true. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Duh. Yeah. Matt James has so much Capricorn in his chart. So I was like, this is so interesting because he w- was so hard on himself. And that's a lot of, that's the audience doesn't really, I don't know. Like I felt like I sympathized with him a tremendous amount knowing this because I know like he was so afraid of making mistakes that he actually made them and that could kind of be the the life story of of people with Capricorn traits in in their chart but sorry Justin (laughs) no no this is like this has been so great and I um you like really yeah that was like wow that was amazing thank you yeah Melissa you're way better than you think you are we'll just say that much really Okay, she's great. That's great. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. We love you. Please tell everyone where they can find you, your podcast, all the things. Yeah, uh, literally just Instagram. I have a tiny TikTok that is uh, underwhelming. Um, But just just, uh, at Justin Takes the Batch, B-A-C-H. And then um yeah and the podcast is the same name and it's literally wherever you pod uh and if you don't pod I guess just like google it but yeah awesome and thank you guys so much for tuning in we are happy to bring you this content during our downtime we have a lot of time to look forward to I'm stressed out about this summer already uh but make sure to follow us at throw it batch pod and we will see you next week bye everyone Thank you.